Hello everybody, yes, it is Thursday, it is nine, so it's UK Cowboys time and Mr. Graham Wilson getting in just under the wire. Luckily we got a two-minute intro, so we gave him time to get in. <laughs> How hey, are we I, doing, guys? I, well, can sorry, Greg. Two, I can run a two-minute offense as good as anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen you try to run for more than two minutes and that did not look good. <laughs> how, are, how, how are you doing how is everybody and how is everybody at home make sure to give us your comments i think we're yeah, I'm, I'm tuesday, was, tuesday was good windows. therapy for us yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry I, it's, it's, i'm just causing some feedback sorry <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Ate a healthy dose of humble pie on Tuesday, I think. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot that can be taken away from that. The only thing I will say, if you want to go for a positive about how that game was, is for me, I, you know, I obviously nobody wants to explore a loss like that. No. Super Bowl winning teams all have it. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Who did they lose to that year? The New York Jets. Yep. New York Jets had like the second draft pick that year. Uh, it happens. But great Super Bowl, great teams, playoff teams all have a bad loss. But what I like about it is we get to see the metal of the team. So the, this is their bounce back. Can they get the team, the, 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 the season back on track? Uh, and, you know, when a team faces adversity, what do they do with it? Can they can they get back on? Because all the good teams that are good manage to do it. That's my little takeaway there. I think also, I mean, the fact that there were so many strange games last week, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the Bills losing 9-6 to the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars and, you know. Without a touchdown. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Josh oh. Allen intercepting and sacking himself, and <laughs> you know, all yeah, that, all that Josh Allen to Josh stuff. Allen, yeah. It was um, just not not just in in NFL college as well. It was a weird week for oh, yeah, college. Yeah. yeah, really strange. I mean, that that Bama LSU game was actually quite entertaining for most of the first half, in a way, and then that, that has to be the. Worst win for Alabama in <laughs> Saban's history. That was terrible. That was a terrible game. Yeah, definitely. Even Cincinnati's win. But you know, you watch that. They should have lost that game. That should have been. A, yep. That was a straight out loss. It was only because they fumbled the ball in the end zone to go out <laughs> that they lost the game. And you're just like, wow, what a weird week. But. Yep. That the that time, is the whole time zone thing seemed to scupper a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're still dealing with time zones, but it's all back to normal now. So yep. uh, we're all good. Should we get into the news and updates then, guys? The fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, cool. yep. that'll be all depressing. Right, EO then. All right, so straight out of the gate, we'll start with the top. Greg Zerline uh, has the old, the My Sharona. So uh, he's looking like he's out for the week. We'll talk a little bit about that in the news and update bit. So we'll come back to this because I've got some questions to ask you. In the meantime, uh, old Lareem Harulahu, he is back. And an old friend of ours, 
Brett Maha, he's come back as well. Hall of Famer Brett Maha uh, is back in the building. Yeah. Um, some interesting statistics on that one, uh, which we'll come back to in a minute. Um, also, straight out of the gate from today's news, Randy Gregory's being moved to IR with a calf strain. He had it yesterday, and I know we tried to work through it, but it turns out today they're shutting him down. Uh, we'll talk about that on the defensive side. Uh, some good news. Boys, try and, you know, make some light or good of the situations that have been <laughs> happening. Lamb, ankle is good. Full participant in practice. He's looking red hot, ready to go. Zeke with a knee. Um, he's okay. It's a work in progress, working through the pain. They've asked Zeke about it, and he's like, it's just something I've got to deal with. He was slow to get up last week. But what's interesting is the quarter he went out in, he came back in in the same quarter after a few, uh, whatever you want to call it, series or plays. Uh, in other news, uh, Corey Kumlen and uh, Goodwin as well, they're both out on illness. It's non-COVID related and they look like they will play on the weekend. Cedric Wilson has a shoulder injury. So still waiting some news on that one. Coop, uh, so Coop and Tyron Smith vet days they've been on. Rest and recuperation. Um, I don't think, though, Smith is going to play. We'll get to that on the offensive side of the ball. And big one, Michael Gallup is back. He's back in the building. And he's practicing. Uh, and then just to finish off, before we go back to the kicking side on the news and updates, um, Anger and McQuaid have both been sent home. Safety purposes, I think, is just to protect them. Because uh, obviously special teams with Greg Zerline going out with uh, yeah. the old Rona. I think they're just trying to protect them. Uh, just lastly, in other news, UK Cowboys news. The Super Bowl pie is happening in Glasgow. One of these two fine gentlemen here are going to make a phone call and place the book in some point next week. We'll talk about that off here. Um, and also, we'd like to thank everybody because the UK Cowboys podcast has gone up. In the ranks. We're now in the top five in Cowboys podcasts. So uh, thank you, everybody. And thank you to all the guys in the team. Spank yeah, that was, that was quite something yesterday on my podcast. Um, pick her up. I accidentally deleted the Cowboys break from my list of downloadable feeds. And I went back to get it. And sure enough, there we were listed number five. We're above... Um, the players' lounge, uh, yeah. Blog, blog, some of the some of the other sites as well. Now I don't know how how they've how they've selected it, but I'll I'll take it that we're number five in the list. <laughs> it's based on popularity um, going through it, but it's fifth. We're above locked on, which is absolutely insane. <laughs> there we go. But thank you very, very much, everybody, for always joining us and sending your comments in that are flying in. Thank you very much. Um, but, yeah, oh, the only other thing I wanted to know was there are injuries on the other side. Um, most importantly, the big ones, uh, Calvin Ridley isn't playing, um, mental health reasons. Uh, and the other one, Deontay Fowler, doesn't look like he'll be playing. He's questionable. He's set to return from IR, still in the air, really, What's going to happen now? I don't think he's playing. But let's get back to the Zerline situation. So my question for you guys is, the Cowboys last week, fourth down, they were 0 for 3 on fourth down conversion. 
it was a bad week. Um, you could say some of the parts were due to play calling. Some of the parts was due to Dak being out of sync out of time with his passing. Um, yep. You know, that pass on fourth down to Cedric Wilson landing at his ankles, that's, that's no good. Um, fourth down conversion, an option, yeah. But in terms of kicking, Zerline or non-Zerline, like what faith have you guys got on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being good, 1 being bad, in the Cowboys kicking, game field goal, especially, it seems to be not so much the, the mid-range, the bread and butter range, you know, when we're talking the, the 30 to 49 yard, it seems to be less, where <laughs> we seem yeah. to have trouble, but where's, where's your, um, your, your scale and confidence in the kicking game? For me, it's maybe six or seven, and that's yeah. a generous seven. It's it's not eight, nine, or ten because, um, like I, I think I think Brian broke a bit of kicking news, and I wasn't even that concerned. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 not like it's not like he's a stick on uh, to nail all, all these points. So I wasn't even that that concerned that he had he had problems. Um yeah, it just it just seems to be across the league. I don't know if it's just cowboys related. I think it seems to be across I, the league. And I, I don't think there's there's no like if the Pro Bowl voting started tomorrow, I don't know who my kicker would be. I don't think there's anybody that's an absolute stick on. Um Tuck. The, <laughs> the I think last I looked, the the Raiders kicker Daniel Carson was number one in the rankings. Um, maybe kicking in a dome helps. Mm. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not really too concerned because I think we could go and get somebody off the street. I mean, I brought up that um, Dan Bailey's a free agent, uh, <laughs> but we seem to have brought in Maher. So, yay. Oh. We've, we've actually, we've, we've actually, we've uh, Maher's not been signed. Uh, no, Liram's that's be, been signed to the practice squad. They still, they're still holding out hope that um, there is a chance. Z- yeah, Zerline can because he's vaccinated. He only has mm-hmm. to to do the two tests in twenty four hours. So there is still a chance that you could you could activate him again uh, on Saturday. If they don't, then it's just a straight call up from the practice squad. It's not even having to make space by cutting somebody. Yeah. Albeit, you know, we've, we've now got Randy Gregory going to IR, so that's going mm-hmm. to create another roster spot. Um, now, yes, Liram's never kicked in the NFL, but he has been kicking in for a good number of years in the CFL as well. Yeah. He, you know, the CFL only has one indoor stadium so you know he is an outdoor kicker and he's made 239 field goals um in the cfl there's no difference in the measurement of the goal posts or anything it's exactly the same so you know it, it, it suggests that he can make it there's there's video of him kicking 70 yards into the wind and 55 yards uh, f- facing the wind so and he was 12 of 12 um, in the kicks in the tryout yesterday. So, Although in the CFL, they do put their posts in the wrong place. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you only, yeah. you only have to go back to week one 
of the regular season. If Zerloin makes those two kicks, we beat the mm, Bucks. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, obviously, that's that's in hindsight of knowing how the rest of the game goes and play calls can change. And you know, like if they could have gone for touchdowns rather than field goals, blah 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 blah. But simple mathematics, you know, you nail one of those those field goals and you win the game. I said that that's just the difference between missing the kick and 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 scoring it. Um, it's frustrating for to watch kickers miss field goals because they literally only have one job to do, and they, <laughs> they roll they roll on the field and don't do it. It's like, well, you know, you're getting. I get that. I, I get that it's a pressure situation. It's a it's a pressure thing. They're brought in to do one thing, and they don't do it. They get all the hassle that goes with it. But in terms of what they're actually asked to do during a the game, they have to come in and do those things properly. I mean, they're, they're just like backups. If backups don't come in and do their job properly on the, the occasion that they're asked to do it, they'll go and, the team will go and get another backup. They'll go and find somebody that can, that can make the two receptions out of two targets and so on and, and actually make a difference. So, yeah. Um, I mean, what's ironic? What's ironic is Greg Zerline on the year he ranks twenty first among kickers in field goal accuracy, seventy eight. But in terms of um, active kickers in the NFL, he ranks like right at the very top, in like the top three in terms of game winning field goals. <laughs> and what's ironic is when we were talking earlier about the bread and butter kicks, you know, that 30 to 50 yard field goals, he's, he, he is not bad. He's, he's fairly accurate. The trouble seems to be the shorter field goals. And if you ever watch Zerline with his kick in, the balls all end up in the same place. It's all left center. Every time seems to be the same place. I don't know if it's the injury because, you know, he didn't have an off season. So he's had less time to kick injuries plus is a back injury i just i'm not, i'm not sure you know plus add in as well he's kicking with although he should be used to him from his previous team he's kicking with a different long snapper the, the little things i think that just a of multitude of things that have added up a plethora of issues yeah, yeah. and I, I mean i think cause i think as well in recent weeks the misses that he's had they've all been as you say wide left and yes. then he's he's corrected it. So it's always been the first kick that he's missed. Mm -hmm. And then he's corrected it and he's been perfect for the remainder of the game. So um, you know, the the Tampa Bay game aside, he hasn't missed more than one kick in a game. So um yeah. I think to be honest, the, the bigger concern this week in terms of what a kicker needs to do is when we're kicking off this week, we've got Corderell Patterson. Mm -hmm. um, Which is the next point, so, yeah. Yeah, so we need a, we need the kicks to be going out the back of the end zone, I think, rather than risking. Th this is a guy that, okay, he's not quite um, Devin Hester or um, Dion Sanders at returning kicks, but um, you know he's still got the capability of taking it to the house. So, um, oh yeah, you may, you don't you don't want to be putting the ball in his hands at all. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll get to uh, the defensive side as well. Um, but yes, um, I mean, we, we can get into the offensive side. I've got some questions for you on that. So should we should we kick straight into the offensive side and get things rolling? Yeah, let's do that. Nice rock and roll. 
Friday. So the first thing I want to talk about, bounce back. Um, so we, we spoke about, you know, that this team needs to bounce back from a, a bad loss. The good thing is, is this is a good game to start against the Falcons. Um, okay, they're in playoff contention. And we were saying last week with Denver that this was a team they could be Obviously, you've got to be careful with your words, <laughs> to say the least. Um, let's start with the Cowboys' O-line. Against Denver, it was bad. They need to bounce back. And we can all say Terrence Steele at left tackle, and we'll talk about the left tackle now. Um, right tackle was just as bad. Center was bad. Connor Williams was having trouble. That entire O-line was getting shredded last week. And I know people are picking on... Terrence Steele, because that was bad. And here's my question for you on left tackle. Do you continue to go there? Do you switch Collins and Steele around? Or do we go with Nsaki, who is invariably played left tackle in the NFL and, and has done it for a while? I I I think we briefly touched on this on uh Tuesday on Tuesday. I think mm -hmm. um You've got, you've got to, you've got to. Now that you've moved Steele across to the left-hand side, I think you've got to stick with that. You've, you know, it takes, uh, as we've always talked about, it's like wipe, wiping your backside with the wrong hand. The wrong hand, yeah. Um, you know, we, we started the process. It probably takes a couple of weeks to truly get that that sense of, um, you know, being a feel for with, it. Yeah, feel for it. So I think you've got to stick with that and. We've got no idea, you know, if Lyle Collins had played a fantastic game last week, then yes, you might consider flipping them across. Um, but Lyle wasn't, wasn't uh, his conditioning was really bad. You saw him after the first series, which lasted four plays. He was already on the sideline, hooked up to the oxygen mask as well. So his conditioning was bad and... As I said, the conditioning, when your conditioning's bad, you start making mistakes in your technique, and that's what led to him getting penalised so many times last week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, to, to be honest, I mean, if you if you were, I would probably give Steele, yeah, he gave up a couple of sacks in the game, and, you know, that got pressure, but generally, he actually did quite a good job compared to a lot of the guys along the line there. There was... You know, he wasn't by far the the weak link of the the offensive line last week. So yeah, um, get, give him another shot at left tackle, and yeah, you've got Inseki ready on the on the sidelines if need be. But um, you know, the, the you you've got to give him you you're paying him to be the swing tackle, and I think that should be your first option. So and talking about keeping consistency with the line. And a good thing is, I don't know what you take of this, like the Falcons D-line doesn't scare me. They're, they're um, bottom in sacks. They have 11 sacks on the year, um, which is last. And pressures, I have this written down somewhere. I wrote it down. They, I think they're... Th yeah. I think they're third from bottom. They're third worst in pressures. Uh, and in fact, uh, Grady Jarrett, the defensive tackle, he has 21 pre pressures on the year. So he makes up one-fifth of the entire team's pressures. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with what with what Lauren said. I think we should keep 
keep everybody in place because like you say, when you start moving guys around, they, they lose rhythm and all that kind of stuff. And I think we've we've basically been told that, that Collins will play right tackle. He's taken over and we'll we'll see Tyron Smith soon enough. So um mm-hmm. yeah, I would like like Lauren said, I would I would keep Steele at left tackle as well. Um I mean the the, the stats are good for this game, but I made I made light of the Broncos pass rush. And uh, <laughs> well, ironically, like in, in, in terms of them getting pressures and sacks, they weren't too bad, yeah. But what was good with the Broncos' defense is they, they I think they ranked third in points allowed, so they were quite good in that sense. But that is just a whole couple of fish, that was just a, a game where they couldn't get <laughs> anything going. Um, but my next question for you is Tyler Biadish. Now, a lot of people are talking about Connor Williams, Connor McGovern, um, that tour, Tyron Smith for the injury history. But not many people are talking about Tyler Biadish because I've gone back and looked that in um, amongst those five or six, if you like now, um, you could even go seven, uh, starting offensive lineman. Tyler Biadish ranks last in uh, pass coverage. He just allows a lot of, of pressures uh, and hits. Is this something that they need to look into or are we giving him benefit of the doubt to develop into the role? Well, I, I mean, again, if you think about it, he only played about three or four games last year. And then, yeah, correct. you know, this is, this is what week 10. So you're still talking that, you know, it's it's effectively... Sample size. His sample size hasn't been great. Yes, he's mm-hmm. obviously he's, he's a 10-game starter this, this season. Yeah. Um, what what I also think, obviously, he had the injury coming out of college, which has obviously taken a bit of time um, to, uh, you know, it's, it's probably hindering his strength and conditioning. He didn't have a strength and conditioning when he got drafted. There wasn't the same sort of strength and conditioning that they had this year. Um, so he's, he's probably still needing to get a few pounds in the... Uh, uh, bags of sand in the the old pants, sort of yeah, thing yeah. to make him a bit stronger. Um, you know that that will maybe come, and you know I think you give him the benefit of the doubt until next year. Um, obviously, we've got to live with it. Now, the the Falcons like to move up, move their linemen around, and I, I can mm-hmm. almost bet you'll see that Grady Jarrett will be going up against him and Connor Williams because three hundred six foot zero, three hundred and five pounds. That's going to be a big. Um, that's going to be a big hit. Um, you know, that's that's where they're going to try and attack attack our offensive line, I think, is put, put Jarrett there. And, you know, they play a three, they generally play a three, four. So, again, what they'll be looking to do is have the linemen tie up our offensive line and let the linebackers flow to the ball and put pressure on back. Um, so, yeah, I think... Going back to the question, I think we've got to we've got to stick with that. That um, you know, Biadish is probably going to be the first choice centre for the rest of the season. Yeah, again, I'll agree. On basically looking at it from another angle, I don't see a challenger. Um, okay. I think if they if they were going to go with McGovern or um, an alternative, I think they would have done it by now. Because, like you're saying, Mike, it's not. It's, it, 
like it's not a couple of bad games we're talking about. We're talking about actual stats, and if if Biadish is letting more through than he should, they they'll know that. Yet they haven't switched it. They've they've stuck with it. So I think the plan is to just let let him roll and let him try grow into the role. Um, I mean, he's been in, he's been the centre all season, and I don't think we should dissect. I don't think we should dissect it too much. I think we should take last Sunday for what it was. It was a it was a blip game. It was everybody was bad. Nobody nobody oh, yeah, yeah. passed marks. So um, I think we should just throw last Sunday in the bin and and move on. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of Tyler Biadish's struggles this year. I, I for me personally. All right, you can say about you know the player, but for me, I think this is a failure on the coaching staff because last year, when the season was in turmoil and we were struggling, and um, we kept playing, um, oh my god, how have I forgotten his name? Help me out, Joe, Jumbo Joe, Joe Looney. Looney, Joe Joe Looney. Sorry, I do apologise. Um, how you can how you can forget? Joe Looney is. <laughs> I literally I seen him today on Facebook, and I was just like, "Oh, there he is." Um, anyway, um, yeah, when last year and you knew that they weren't going to keep Joe, for me, I would have that would have been it. I'd be like, "Right, let's see what he's got. Let our season is struggling as it is. Let's get the Irish on. Let's see what we've got." And that's what they should have done. But for some reason, they they didn't want to to go down that road and and. Cracking on with it. Um, the other thing I wanted to look at is the Zeke's knee situation. It seems to be something that's an ongoing thing all season. Um, is this perhaps, do you think, is this either him taking a lot of lumps and bumps? Or do you think that, that in the offseason we're talking about him losing weight? which wasn't a bad thing, but when you lose weight, obviously the impact of these tackles can affect you more. Is that something that's going on here, or do you just think it's a bad knock and he's just trying to deal and manage this? It's concerning because they've split carries. And for me, certainly, they've given Tony Pollard the bigger role, and the whole point of reducing Zeke's role was to reduce injury. Mm-hmm. And he's come down with an injury. Um, mm-hmm. But like you're saying, if he's if he's dropped weight, then it makes him more susceptible. So you've got to take the rough with the smooth, and I think it's we've still got a long way to go. Oh if, yeah. If Tony Pollard ends up with more carries and we win, no, you, you've obviously got no concern at all. Um, mm-hmm. I think Pollard does. Um, he's he's a viable backup. I wouldn't like to see him as a starter, but. If they can, if they can make the carries split again, um, you know, put Pollard where he's most dangerous, split them out wide, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned because if you can get rid of the, the knee issue now, as soon as you hit December when the bad weather starts and we need to go up to the northeast an awful lot, mm. then you can bring back Zeke back in at, at full rate. So yeah, Pollard, he's already on the he's already on the heat pads. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So if, if Pollard sees more carries and touches um, for the, the rest of November, not too concerned so long as we can get Zeke back for December, basically. Yeah. And to answer Joe's question, I think there's a collection of things, but mostly the O-line playing so bad. 
Yeah. Uh, to answer that question, I think it was it, some of it was dark, some of it was injury, but most of it was that he was trying to run around to save himself. Uh, to, to answer his other comment that you put up there about Joe Looney, Joe Looney actually was on Cowboys uh, Crosstalk a couple of weeks ago, and he actually said that, um, you know, he literally was doing one drill in the middle of um, Giants training camp. It had nothing to do with doing the wind sprints or anything like that, but he literally yeah. said, you know, that's it. So if we'd signed Joe Looney again, I mean, signed him to a multi-year contract, which probably wouldn't have done anyway because he was only on, he's in his 10th year when he retired. But, I mean, you would have had to eat anything that you'd guaranteed him. Um, so, you know, we we probably were well out of it. But, I mean, obviously Joe was, and Joe's enjoying now, he's coaching his kids at flag football, mm. he's, you know, he's... he's um, he was out playing golf the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'd seen that, I think I saw a picture of him with, obviously, Sean Lee's been in town because he's now working yeah. with the, the pro scouting department That's right. as well. Um, that was something I was going to put in the notes, I forgot to mention it. <laughs> so... Um, He's he's they've obviously there's been a meet up between them as well, so um. yeah, but I mean, in terms of the O line, I think this is a good game to bounce back from purely on the basis because the Falcons D line does it, their the linebackers aren't too bad, the, the corners are good as well. AJ Terrell, I think he's he's not a bad corner, um, yeah. gets a lot of stick, but. That's because he's the guy facing the number one wide receiver. Like he's gonna be facing C D Lamb this week. So, you know, that that's where he kind of gets a lot of the stick from. But talking wide receivers, um, let's talk Gallup coming back. Is he starting? Uh, do you think? Or do you would do you want to break him in gently? Because he could have started last week. Yeah. So is that the week of conditioning he's they just literally hit the ground running, do you think? Yeah. For me he starts. For me, starts simply because we 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 didn't see much of Cooper and Lamb last week, and mm-hmm. I'll be honest, it scared me a little bit because um, until Malik Turner came into the game and junk time, um, we didn't see much else. Now, whether that's Dak not being able to get the ball out quick enough um, or not seeing the windows, I don't particularly know, but. Um, I mean, when you combine Lamb and Cooper for four catches in total, um, that's not good. So if you can, if you can add another weapon in Michael Gallup, and from my understanding, haven't rushed him back like you're saying he could have played last week, so yeah. they haven't rushed him back. So you would assume he's he's with a full week of practice, he's fit, he's fit to play. So um, yeah. if he can go back on the outside and move Lamb into the slot, move him around a little bit. Uh, that creates more mismatches, and that can only be good. Yeah, and, uh, and C- on, Cedric, Wilson's, on, Cedric Wilson's also dealing with a shoulder issue this week as yeah, well. So, yeah. um, you know that that means we don't have to force him to play. Um, you know, obviously we saw Malik Turner come in as well. Um, you know, the, the the fact that we've got this sort of embarrassment of riches on the wide receivers. It, you know, it's it's meaning that we're not having to force people to play, and you know we can, we can spell them if they need to they need to recover. So, 
Um, it, it's good to have Gallup back, and I think in in terms of what he can do down the sideline as a deep passing threat, um, you know, Wilson's probably one of these guys. Most of his catches seem to be across the middle and um, finding that seam, much like the tight ends finding the seam where we, you know, once when you take away Gallup and Cooper. Um, Sorry, take take away C.D. Lamb and Cooper. You don't have another outside threat as such. Um, this this probably allows you'll probably see a lot more of C.D. Lamb back in the slot. Um, yes, where, where he's he's probably the most dangerous. Although obviously mm. we saw we saw Gallup um, during training camp doing a lot of stuff at the slot. So they 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 should all be interchangeable parts. Um, mm. I'm not you know, a fan of Gallup from the slot though. No. Uh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, no, we do, we we haven't seen enough of it. That's the that's the problem. We need we need to actually have some evidence based, um, you know, proof of what he can do in the slot. And um, is that and also Dak and Gallup connecting on outside, you know, on 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 the fringes and outside numbers. They just got a very good connection. Then, pair yeah. they always seem to be able to find each other quite well out there. Yeah, yeah, and, and also when the game's on the line, if mm. you put Lamb back inside, it, it it creates more threat in the inside now that you don't have Blake Jarwin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can he can be more versatile on the inside, and like you're saying, Gallup has a connection on the outside. Yeah, and you think as well what what really what you want to do with Lamb is you're trying to give him the ball as quickly as possible because he's a guy that once he's got the ball in the hands. It's the yak, you know. Yeah, That's go. where he's yeah. scary. Yeah, he could literally. He, we've seen it. He, he will break it off, and the best place to do that from is from the slot, you know, yeah. because you know the zones are smaller and tighter and quicker, and you can get it through on a quick slant, and he, the guy's gone. Um, uh, so that's keeps, why I like him there, and it keeps our leading receiver away from AJ Terrell as well, because you'd imagine yeah, yeah, they'd yeah. leave Terrell on the outside. You would imagine so, that that's what they're going to do. So that'll be up against with Coop, um, which is quite interesting. But here's the most interesting stat that works in our favour, and you know me. So uh, the Falcons' defence, on third down, have uh, allowed offences 48% of the time to convert. Uh, That's second worst in the NFL. The Cowboys, conversely, on third down on offence, convert on 46%. That is fourth in the NFL. So I think with Gallup coming back, you know, you're talking about putting Lamb back in the slot. Plus, don't forget, we're talking um, Pollard coming into that equation as well. I think third down is going to be where this game's went because the the Falcons' defence has a way of just not being able... Although Cowboys last week did the same thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> Different story, but on uh, uh, in terms of their their defense, they they would literally all season they've struggled on third down. So mm. I think this is a great game for for Gallup to come back and um, and Lamb, as you say, to go back to the slot because yeah. then that that just increases our chances on third down if it does go tend to go wrong. But that, that, that's my take. Uh, any other particular for you guys? Any other particular mismatches on the offense that you want to talk about? Well, 
I mean, the only other thing, again, the, the Falcons aren't very good against the run, so this should, no. in theory, be a good game for um, Zeke and Pollard as well. So the old 2021 um, combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2021, we've been there. It, it, I'm telling you, we will get it to catch on. We'll get it to catch on. <laughs> should we uh, bounce onto the defence? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's rock and roll. But- All right. First thing I put in big, bold letters is defense. X, Falcons head coach, current Cowboys defensive coach, Dan Quinn. Does that help? It it does a little bit in that, you know, the tendencies of the players that you're um, going to be facing, guys like Matty Ice, um, mm-hmm. you know, but... At the same time, you know, Atlanta seemed to have, op- you know, obviously with a change of coaching staff, um, they, you know, a lot of the a lot of the players that um, were out of contract last season have been shown the door. Um, you know, Julio Jones is now going to Tennessee. Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley's gone. You still got Russell. You still got Gage. Um, you've now got in Pitts. Pit. You've now got brought in Pitts. Yeah. So this. This is probably a completely different team that um, realistically you're looking at. It, yes, there's there's players, as I say, there's players that he will be able to focus on and say, um, yeah, the weakness of him is, and if we put such and such on this, um, you know, we should we should be able to create a mismatch there. Um, conversely, how we now deal with the fact that we've lost Randy Gregory, he's now officially mm-hmm. just as as I look at Cowboys.com at the moment, he's officially gone on, on onto the IR now. Yeah. Um so that's that's at least three weeks he's out. Um you know, what what do we do? Do we do we consider going back and um putting Parsons at DE? Continue, or do we hope that uh, Dorrance Armstrong steps up? Um, you got Terrell Bass Chancey Golston. Chancey Golston. Because uh, Chancey Golston last week had maybe the worst game of his. You know, I know it's only like the tenth game or ninth game, eighth yeah. game, and um, in his career. But that game was horrific for Chancey Golston. I mean, he had a stinker, um, yeah. which is. A lot to say about that whole defense last week, man. But there's a question for you, right? Let's start here. That the def uh, that the, the Atlanta offense they finally figured out um, how to use Kyle Pitts. Took Smith a while to figure it out, but he's got there. He's figured him out, and he's gone. Ah, this is what I'll do. So he, in the last few weeks, he's really turned it on. So the very first question I got for you is. Where do you go with Pitts? Do you put the Cowboys tight end killer, uh, Curse, over Pitts? Because he's been great against tight ends defending them. I did have a statistic from last week, but obviously it's out of date now on Curse against tight ends. It, it honestly is phenomenal. So do you go with that, right? Or do you go with Parsons because of the size and the speed? Because <laughs> um, obviously Parsons yeah. is going to allow more passes. 
he's going to allow the receptions to get there where Curse is going to break them up. But Parsons has got the size and the speed. So first place you go to is where you go in on defending pets. So you go in Curse or Parsons. For me, it's going Curse. Um, okay. On man and letting Parsons do his thing because I think to, to assign Parsons to Kyle Pitts, it, it limits his production in the game. Whereas if you've got somebody that can compete for the ball in the air, at least you can you can shut down the pass before it leaves Ryan's okay. hand. Okay. Um, you can you can affect the run game if you leave Parsons open. Uh, yeah, I, I would keep him more versatile, and I would I would let him do his thing um, because the hopefully the safety play will come back and there'll be a lot more flash plays from the safeties. They've kind of tailed mm-hmm. off a little bit. Um, so if if we can get a nice game from, from Kerse, I would say that. Um, but like you're saying, the Pitts is, Pitts is a, a, a definitely a force now. Um, and I think it's like, I've, I've got a stat of my own. The, the, the Falcons offense has scored 25 points in four of the last five games. So Matt Ryan is not having the stinking season that fantasy football says that he is. He's, no, no. Um, they are effective and they're not having, it's not a dead end season they're involved in. So um, I think you've, you've got to worry about Matt Ryan as well, because if you, if, again, if you lose Gregory and you, you assign Parsons to, to the bat, to effectively coverage, where does your pass rush come from? Um, mm. You know that that's got. I mean, obviously we're getting guys getting it done, but I would rather have an assigned bit of talent that I know is going to get me pressure on the ball uh, in the quarterback's hands or the, or the running back's hands at least. But if you if you send Parsons on coverage, I'm not sure who takes over in that role. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it is a it is a pickle. Go on, Lord, hit us with it. No, I I, I would keep Parsons as a linebacker, as a pure linebacker, because obviously you want his versatility, where he can obviously drop into his own coverage or come up and you know create a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you you want them actually coming to the line and saying he's lined up there, right? Okay, you know that's who you want them them focusing on when they're lining up. Um, you want curse over the tight end. I think the what concerns me is who you have covering Cordell Patterson as well, because that was going to be only, the next step. Yeah, yeah. So you know, Cordell Patterson really is a white. He's a converted wide receiver. He's playing running mm-hmm. back this year, and he's he's leading the team in rushing yards. With, I think it's two hundred eighty-four yards. So it shows how little there is that they're using the run game. But again. Yeah. A lot of that's probably to do with the start of the season. They were, you know, they were having to play a lot of games where they were trying to catch up. So, you know, that's where they went to the passing game. But Corderell Patterson has his game seems to have taken a real sort of step forward this year. So yeah, they seem to have figured out how to use him. <laughs> yeah, and 
as as you say, I mean, the start of the season, Arthur Smith seemed to be having difficulty getting his offense to work. But mm-hmm. the last last three three four five weeks, in fact, probably since they were in London playing the Jets, you know, the Jets mm-hmm. seems to be a good a good remedy for most uh, most teams who have got <laughs> con- uh, concerns about their, the way their team's going. Um, you know, that seems to be the turning point that you know they seem to have picked it up from there. Um, learned how to use pets. You know they've got Cordarrelle Patterson. They've still got Gage, who can be dangerous. Russell Gage as well. Can't forget him. Yep. So all of the all of these guys, I th- I think almost as I say, you need to probably need to have to. You need you need, you almost need to have to have a, a spy on Cordarrelle Patterson that's a cornerback rather than a stay because you need somebody who can can match him for his agility. Um, and safeties tend to be obviously the hard-hitting um, o- open field tacklers. Yeah, um, they're not necessarily the best in coverage, um, and th- this is probably a concern there. So, yeah, going back, I'd say you you have um, you have curse covering. Probably have something like the big nickel package, but in this, which is this pretty occasion, much what they play all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in this this occasion, you know, maybe have your third safety being being a converted wide um, converted cornerback. Um, yeah, 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 and and to cover it because it has to. I, I think going back to what I was saying about Curse and Parsons is if that's where you go in, which I, I agree, you put Curse on on Pets, and that's going to be where you go. Parsons at the linebacker position. Because does he have the speed? Because they, they what well, if you notice that they, they, it's a lot of mismatch and a lot of movement with the Atlanta offense. So Pitts will be in line and they'll move him out almost like into the slot, or they'll have Patterson from the backfield and then play him out wide uh, to try and create these these offset mismatches. And and that's really why Patterson's getting the, these because he's getting these weird um, defensive mismatches against him. So, if you're going to put Curse on Pitts, which I agree, I think that's the way to do it. Parsons is the next problem. Is until tonight, I had it figured out. Randy Gregory goes out, and he's gone to IR, as you say. Uh, so, does he play the linebacker position, uh, and and you use him in that flex sort of position, or does he now move to the defensive end position because you need to? get some sort of pass rush because you need to put pressure on Matt Ryan because when you put the pressure on him uh, old Matty Ice does tend to melt a little Yeah, I, I like him I like him being the, the fifth rusher um, mm-hmm. on, on occasion with an eye for keeping an eye on Patterson um, I think when you put him at defensive end you put his hand in the dirt, you know he's, he's rushing and he's going to... Where he's he, coming from. He's a full goal and you know where he is. He's got mm-hmm. a tackle on him. The tackle can engage straight away. Whereas if you've got him rushing from deep with the lane already engaged in a, in a block, that's where the holes come from and that's where you can get to the running back easily as well. So, yeah, I, I, would, I would stick with him at linebacker and just hope that somebody like Goldson can come in and do, do the job. Okay, I, I can see so. where you're going. Because um, the, the, the the next issue we've got is, I mean, because this Cowboys defense, it is a defense b- 
built to defend the pass. Not so much the run, but they've done all right. Parsons doing some of the work. Oso's having an absolute stormer. Justin Hamilton, we spoke about last week, who had maybe the best game of his career last week, went and turned it around to the worst game he ever had. I mean, that guy was just getting pushed backwards. Um, it was bad. But here's what I've... What, Mate, you, what, may, you may or may not have this stat. What was the majority of Parsons' lineups last week? I was he mostly that. lined up at linebacker? Uh, I'll get his snap that, count for just, you now. Just because it was a particularly good... A, a particularly good afternoon for Parsons. I'm thinking, you know, did they go with more of the same because they found a little a nook for him that they found a something? Like I something. mean, the thing is, is don't forget Parsons last week. I, I'm not taking anything away from Parsons. He had a, he got he doubled his sack rate. He is on track to beat 2005 to Marcus Ware as a rookie in total sacks. DeMarcus Way had eight in his rookie season and Parsons on five. And we've still got like half a season to go. Yeah. But he did miss a lot of tackles last week. His his missed tackle rate was through the roof. Yeah. Um, so it, it, although, yeah, it was a good game, he still, um, right, had a bad game in that sense. So snap count. Just, right. just while Mike's looking that up, do you put any weight in uh, three of the four Falcons wins being on the road? And I mean, two, the being it, two being in the last three weeks? The, 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 the other thing is, like, people are saying, oh, my God, he, he the, you know, the, the, the Falcons, he, <laughs> that the, the, the Falcons beat the Saints last week, but look at what the Saints have got. I mean, they were yeah. beat, they, they were a yeah. beaten up team. Yeah, um, they've got a defense, um, a running game, and not much else. Yeah, man. When they're when they're struggling with a, Travis, a, I mean. a journey, a journeyman quarterback. Yeah, been, well, yeah. this is his what fourth team in four years or something yeah. like that. You know, Parsons, um, alignment. Think, uh, yeah, mostly mostly as a, in the box, he played. Uh, 52 snaps as a linebacker, 12 at the defensive line position, and then they moved him out on 15, so 15 times on cover on coverage snaps. I would go with that. I would I would stick with that on that balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the, the more that he spends as a defensive end, the more likely he, he'll need to be spelled at any point because. You know, it, it takes a lot out of your body to be taking on 300-pound offensive linemen all the time, even, yeah. even, if you're, <laughs> even if you're swimming by them straight, you know, straight off the line. Um, just the, the sort of physical presence, uh, actually having to match up against them and put, put a move on them. Um, you know, all it takes is them getting a good lick on you and that's it, you're, you, you're winded or, um, mm-hmm. you know, your your increased um, your, the amount of energy you use up on that particular play probably means that you need to come out for a spell. So lineback, linebacker, I think, and I think he's able to diagnose things better. I mean, obviously, if he's we saw the the efforts he's done in the last couple of weeks of diagnosing things and knowing where mm-hmm. to be 
you know, he's obviously he had back to back three three plus tackle for loss weekends where mm. you know he was obviously in the right place at the right time. If he's playing that linebacker position, then that's that's getting him able to diagnose the play. Where if he's got his hand on the ground, it's 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 a whole different viewpoint and it's difficult to react to, you know, if the ball's coming towards you or what have you. Um, I think. One of the things last week, and again we sort of discussed it, the the Broncos caught us a lot of the time. Whenever we we had tight end, uh, sorry, we had um, tackle and end stunts going on. That's when it seemed to be that Denver was calling outside run plays, and um, you know that that was catching us unawares because we didn't have anybody who could set the edge um, last week. Um, setting the edge was a huge issue last week yeah yeah. and that's that's why we need to have Tank Lawrence back back because I mean he he, as we say his his pass rushing skills have probably slipped a little bit but um, you know he's he's always very strong against the run Run setting that that edge so we need to we need to hurry up the clock on him Um, and I do enjoy the thought of Parsons and Tank together on that side. I mean, that's just like, that's just disrupt City once you put that yep. together. But it seems yep. to be that we're just, that the Cowboys are cursed to never have Randy Gregory and Tank Lawrence on the field at the same time. <laughs> it seems to be that well, way, man. Well. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but talking of crazy things, I want to ask you about this and then. I'll move on to the next point why I asked this. Trayvon Diggs didn't play very well at all last week. Week before was a bit questionable. There's talk of him playing through some soreness and some injuries. But are you guys at all worried about Trayvon Diggs at this stage? Because he's given up a lot of DPI calls. He's getting beaten and those interceptions aren't coming. I think it's timely that we've got uh, Nishon Wright and... um... Uh, Bossman Fat back as well. Yeah. Calvin Joseph, um, he is back, yeah. by the way. Calvin Joseph, uh, you know that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they're second and third round picks. So yeah. basically, anybody taken inside the top hundred, you expect to start. So um, hopefully, they can come and contribute because um, you've still got Anthony Brown. Um, mm-hmm. Still got. I, I think we've still got Jordan Lewis. Is he still active? Um, what, sorry? So Jordan Lewis is still active, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they've plenty he, of he options. Actually had the inter- he actually had interception last week that was mm. cancelled out by one of mm. Diggs's yeah. uh, holding penalties. The the thing is, I mean, yes, come the end of the season, you can sit down with Diggs and say, right, we want you to work on this, this, and this in the off season and come back stronger. I think, you know. We almost need Diggs to carry on being an, the aggressive player that he is and understand that you are going to give up um, plays with him. Um, you know, even the, the one of the touchdown receptions last week, Diggs, Diggs was in a good spot. He just got knocked at the last second. and That was a push-off as well, I think. That was a, Yeah, I think it was more of a push-off. It mm-hmm. should have been offensive pass interference. Yeah. But... Um, you know, certainly Diggs was in the right position there. The you could say the 
you know, when I've gone back and looked at that uh, New England game as well, the long pass that he gave that was given up to Bourne, um, I mean, that was literally, he was a few inches back. It wasn't as bad as, yes, he, he bit on the double move, which a lot of teams are going to be picking up on, mm-hmm. you know, because that is his, that's where he's aggressive. And the, the also the downfield crossing patterns, he seems to have a bit of difficulty catching up or diagnosing that. That's double moves. Are, yeah. yeah. So that's what the teams are going that's what the teams are going to be focusing on against him, and you know, you hope he st- you hope he learns on the move, and you know, in the middle of the season. But you know, you can't be asking him to watch this, this, and this, and then he, you know, other facets of his game fall away. Um, yeah, I mean, because it seems to be like a weird thing, like you say, the double moves beat him, but he, it, it, a lot of it is the over aggressiveness that he loves playing press man. So, obviously, when you're up that close, the double moves are going to kill you, too. But it just seems to be that a guy who's got seven interceptions on the year at this point in the season, he, he's still on pace to break the NFL record in interceptions. I know the on pace thing, uh, whatever. But teams are still, like, you, you know, you would think, if you think of some of the great cornerbacks that have gone halfway through the season and had a good number of interceptions, teams just stop throwing the ball at them. But with Diggs, teams aren't. They're going, yeah, no, nah, I'll take my chance. It seems yeah. to be that they're not they're not worried about the interception rate at all, that they're just like, <laughs> keep yep. throwing the ball over there. Long may continue. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, because eventually it will come. But to my next point, the issue that the Falcons have on offense is if they get turned over. If Matt Ryan is smart with the football and doesn't turn the ball over, they win a lot of their games. Matt Ryan, uh, over the last season, when he throws, because he's hot and cold, literally, that if he throws an interception, one interception in the game, they their record stands at 10 and 17, that they lose 17 of the last, 27 games when he throws two interceptions uh in a game they're two and six so they are a team that when matt ryan doesn't uh take care of the football they're not a team that can recover from that yeah so that's why i was asking the question with Diggs. yeah and i i think you know a lot in the, probably in those games as well. That's you'd need to go back and correlate it, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, where where um, Matt Ryan's called on to, to pass the ball an awful lot is where the interceptions will come from. I mean, if you think if you think last year in the in the watermelon game, you know, yeah, Matt Matt was Matt was uh, throwing the ball a hell of a lot because we were. It was probably the one game that um, he our, threw for four touchdowns. Yeah, our run defense actually held up pretty well last mm, last season. Yeah, in, in that game, um, and then it was forcing him to throw the ball. He gave up a couple of interceptions. I think he was picked off a couple of times as well mm-hmm. in that game, and that's obviously we were that allowed us to come back into this game. Yeah. Um, I think for the for the longest time we've been screaming out for for more turnovers and more interceptions. Um, if a player's got 
seven interceptions on the season to date. I'm not really going to question how he does it. I'm just enjoying that he does. And like Lawrence says, if he gives up a couple of big plays, fine. The pick sixes and the turnovers are going to be far more effective than making the tackle after 15 yards. You know, you could if you could make a stop at 15 yards all the way down the field, they're still going to score. Whereas if you if you affect the ball and turn the ball over, that effectively negates the drive. So give up a couple of big plays if if you like, as long as as long as they don't get to the red zone, I'm quite happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just one of them things where it seems to be the last couple of games, Diggs has just seemed to be cooling off. Teams are uh, uh, like those seven interceptions and two pick sixes. I'm bothered yeah. teams that they just seem to be targeting. Yeah. And I know there's another record that Diggs is like going to end up being first amongst cornerbacks in DPI calls, mm. penalties. It's just, it's, it's a very odd one that there's, I think that they're just keying on his, his over aggressiveness and that. You know, there's that that press man that he just loves to play, and teams are keying in on it. But there is, like you say, the chance that he's going to take it back the other way. And as I say, the Falcons team are not a team that that recover from turnovers well. So I think if this is a game for Diggs, who some people are saying are cooling, for him to get hot again, I think this is the game to do it where he could, and if he does, because the Cowboys' defense as well, when you look at it on a whole, is that the Cowboys' defense are a team that they're a defensive team that need turnovers. That they they are good against the pass, or they're a team built to defend the pass, and they, they they they've done okay against the run up till now. But they're a team really that need the turnovers. So it's a double-edged sword in that sense. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. here we go, and everyone at home. Give us your scores. I'm going to ask Lorne and Graham the same question. So give us your final score at home, what you think it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to go 30-17 to the Cowboys. Uh, what are you going for then, Lorne? Give me your score, your final score. I'm going to go 28-13 Cowboys. Oh, okay. I, th- I think it's, it, you know, the, the, the fact that we've lost a few pieces this week, this week so far, mm-hmm. um, I think it it is going to be a close game. It's not it's not going to turn into a shootout like last season. Yeah. Um, please, please God, it's not going to turn into a shootout last. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I think they learned their lesson on that one from last year. I think I think defensively, you know, okay, Dan Dan Quinn's made a a thing this week where he, you know, he's he's been nice to the you know um, Arthur Blank and everything like that. Yeah, uh, you know he's saying obviously he, he's got a hell of a lot to he's got to um to to borrow a desk quote he's got to fix this shit, um, <laughs> you, you know. So um, th- there's a lot he's got to do this week. Um, but you know there will be a matter of pride for the defense to to step up and have Dan Quinn's back and you know uh, make this as a sort of marquee game. Even even if it's not being spoken explicitly, you yeah. know Dan Quinn will want to have wrinkles to to sort of say, well, look, you've passed up on me. Um, so th- there will be a sense of pride, and I think obviously the the butt kicking that we had last week from the Denver Broncos <laughs> should 
obviously have reset a lot of people, uh, a lot of the the whole minds, mm. minds, and um, should make them hungry for the wins again. Yeah, like I said at the start of the show, this them losing, I don't think was a, obviously. <laughs> don't misconstrued what I'm saying that I wanted them to lose, but I think losing, especially when you're on a hot streak like that, puts everything back in perspective, and as like we are analysing the game and looking in, when you're looking at a team that lost that way, right, are you a Super Bowl contending playoff, deep playoff team? Because if you are, this is the sort of game you will bounce back from and that will prove everything that we need to know. But, Graham, final score? Um, I'm I'm, I'm, going to go a bit tight. On this one, I'm gonna go twenty-four twenty-one cowboys. Um, uh, okay, I am okay. I, I think I think the, the Falcons offense has has cause for concern. Uh, but I think we we got punched in the mouth at home last week and I don't see it happening again. I don't I think the the scoreline will be tight, but I think the Falcons will be due some junk time. Um, mm-hmm. So going going middle of the fourth, I would say we have maybe a ten point lead, and the Falcons get one back. That's mm. I know I'm going a bit in depth, but um, I, I think they're 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 a force to be reckoned with. I wouldn't sleep on the Falcons, uh, but so long as you can get out of their defense and get the get Tony Pollard, if not Zeke Elliott, moving, I think it, we should be okay. Yeah, and the Cowboys, just so you know, they are touted a nine and a half point favourites yeah. on that one. So, yeah. um, don't, don't, see, tell, I, don't, don't tell anybody on the team. No, I will drop in another, I will drop in another nugget. The Cowboys this haven't damn lost, chair. sorry, <laughs> the Cowboys haven't lost two consecutive home games since 2017. I like that. There we go. Yep. And 2017 is many, many years ago. So we've had a big enough sample size now. So that's good enough for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Should we move to the fantasy section and then wrap things up, guys? Yeah, Yeah, let's go for it. Let's smash it out the park. All right, then, guys, just for a bit of fun, uh, and if you want to play along at home, it's very, very simple. We play a little fantasy section at the end of the pregame show. What I will do is I give you from NFL.com's point system. I round the points off, and you just tell me if it's going to be more or less. So, boy, oh, boy, or oh, boy, for less. Um, So, we'll start you off, guys. Dak, 21 fantasy points. Is that boy, oh, boy? Oh, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Bounce back game. Statement game. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think the O-line's going to play better. And bear in mind, Dak hadn't uh, played for three weeks. So that's going to play a factor into it. Practicing, all the rest of it. He's got Michael Gallup back, so I agree with you. All right, Zeke, 15 fantasy points. (sighs) Yeah. that. Yeah, uh... tricky. Just because of the knee, not a knock on his on his form or his talent. It's the knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go a slight oh boy. 
a oh. slight old boy on that one. Maybe yeah. maybe eleven or twelve. There you um, go. I, I, big Wheel is agreeing with us. Yeah, big shout out to Big Wheel. They'll give yeah. more of the ball to Tony Pollard, and I think the passing game will be more effective on Sunday. I th- I think a rest the... up game for him a bit. Yeah, I could, I could. It it all depends how this knee responds this week. Um, I'll I'll say a push because that you know if he is if he is playing, I think um, you know the way. Atlanta's defense has played against the run this year. I think the the, the points are there for the taking. Mm-hmm. They, you you could get fifteen for Zeke. You could get a good eight, nine, ten for Pollard as well. Um, but it all depends how this knee focuses. So I'm just going to go a push on that one. Okay. Yeah, because I think they they are bad against the defense. They're also bad on offense uh, in the running game. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's a harsh one because you don't know how they're going to utilize Zeke. And I think it's going to be a heavy Pollard game uh, to try and give him a bit of a break here. Yeah? Um, but that's obviously if game script, if they stay on script, if they stay on script, that is. Coop, 14 fantasy points. Mm. Mm. See, there's, uh, there's two factors in this. The fact that the two catch last week and the return of Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup being the issue. You know, so the I would imagine the targets reduce. Um again there's only one ball to go around. I mean this sounds like criticism. It's not. No. It's not. It's just yeah. it's it's, it's a good thing. It, exactly. It's fact yeah. it's it's fantasy perspective we're looking at, not in terms of Brilliant receivers. I mean, you you can only throw to one of them. Um, yeah, we we've got an answer in from Big Wheel again. I'm I'm going to say boy oh boy because I think you know obviously boy, oh he's boy. got he he's got the drops out of the way. You know, obviously going going into the Denver game last week, you know there was memes or there was. Um, Stats going out, obviously, 52 targets, zero drops and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, you know, in the, in the same way that um, when you're talking about, you know, a winning streak, you're, you're one game closer to losing. So um, I think it's you, every every pass that comes your way is one, game, is one pass closer to you dropping the ball. He's got that out of the way. The whole team played ba- bad last week, so you know it wasn't just Coop, it wasn't just um, CD Lamb. I think they'll, it's they'll a bad day. Looking, yeah, it was a bad day for everybody. I think yeah. they'll be looking to come back, and you know they'll be making the most out of it. So I'm going to go boy oh boy for for uh, Cooper. Okay, all right. I'm going to I'm going to go oh boy, simply because he's still on the the injury report. Um, and Michael Gallup comes back. All right, but again, then. not a criticism, just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see, CD Lamb, 15 fantasy points. And we're saying Michael Gallup comes back, and I think with Michael Gallup coming back, this helps Lamb. Because yeah, it puts I, him on a better yeah, on a yeah. on a better mismatch. Yeah, I think they I think Lamb draws single coverage. Uh, yeah. boy oh boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll go Boyle Boy as well. Alrighty. All right. Matty Ice, 18 fantasy points. Oh boy, because I think there's an interception in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Ho- oh hopefully a couple of hopefully a couple of strips strip sacks as well. So We'll throw a fumble in there as well. Why not? Yes, stick one of them in for good measure. Hey, Dorrance Armstrong didn't have a bad game the last time he started out. No, um, no definitely but, not. And, and Lloyd, again, coming in, wheeler, big wheel. Uh, big love to big wheel. Um, all right, Corderell Patterson, 18 fantasy points. <sighs> but bear in mind, he's also good in the kicking game, but he doesn't get awarded those points. It goes to DSTs. See, I would say he's effective, but that's high. Mm. Yeah. He is I, having a hell I, of a season. He is, but he's not... <sighs> Do you know, in in um, the, the running back rankings in fantasy, I think he's six. Honestly. Yeah. Because he's classed as a running back on the system. But, you know, it's... Mm. That he plays that. Yeah. Um... But that's a Derek really Henry don't... number. You know, you'd expect Derek Henry to be shooting for those kind of numbers. I'm going to say, oh boy. I think it's high. All righty. Oh I'm, I'm hoping it's oh boy as well. So. All right, then. <laughs> I'll go with you on that one. Russell Gage, 11 fantasy points. Bear that's in mind, lo- no Calvin, no, no Calvin yeah. Ridley. Yeah, that's low for the number one receiver. <laughs> Yeah, basically he's the number one outside receiver. Yeah, yeah. The it's the the ball's got to go somewhere other than Kyle Pitts. I mean, they're 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 putting up twenty five points on a regular occasion. So I'm going to say, boy, oh boy. Yeah, boy, right. oh boy as well. Yeah, and we got Big Wheel joining in again, agreeing. All right, this is the tricky one. Kyle Pitts, fifteen <laughs> fantasy points. <laughs> what do you do oh, with that? Yeah. I, I just what can I get? Keep the, what can I, I give me? Keep them out of the red zone. So I think, uh, yeah, it'll be um, oh boy on that one. <laughs> boy, there. What are you doing, Gray? I'd love to know what kind of game Curse is going to have first. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. if if Curse has a good game, I'm going oh boy. Um, yeah, statement game. I'm going to go, oh boy. I think we see a, a resurgent defence. I like it. There we go then. And that start neatly to bed. So then, yes, that is it from us. We will very quickly uh, get some bills paid. Guys, just so you know, uh, if you're going to go to a game this year, make sure you book it through Cowboys Experience. They have game day tickets stadium tours, tailgate parties, and game packages uh, for you. Uh, make sure as well, if you do book through them, let them know UK Cowboys sent you. Just simply say UK Cowboys, because what happens when you do that, guys? You get free stuff. And it's as simple as that. Just and- so you know as well, there is some big news coming out of Cowboys Experience. I can't say just yet, but it's coming. And you also might see a drunken Scotsman in a kilt. There is well, also that chance. What, what more do you need? 
Is he not actually working the game this weekend? In terms of working? <laughs> I don't think it. No. Oh wait, he's going to the Kansas game. Yes, he might be actually. Um, and he can't yes, get drunk because <laughs> is also the other part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but also give some guys, uh, some good friends of ours, uh, make sure you go and give them a follow, give them a nudge, let them know that we sent you. Uh, they're all good friends of ours, some great content creators, as well as old Lloyd Wheeler, who does phone me up when he's had a few drinks at the game as well. Uh, <laughs> missing you over there, Lloydy. We will be there soon as well. Um, but... That is it for this week. We will see you over the weekend. We will be there uh, and all the rest of it. We'll slowly start reel out uh, some more information about the UK Cowboys meet for the Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, obviously, yes, that is it from us. So I am going to let Lord and Graham finish the show off and we'll see you all over the weekend. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, have a good week, everybody. And if you missed the show on Tuesday night, the Instagram feed for Paul is I am P Stew. Um, and you'll see, you'll be able to watch all of his uh, shenanigans that he's getting up to. Uh, you won't, probably won't hear half the stories that we've heard on um, on within the group. But, um, you know, he certainly seems to be having a fantastic time. He was at NASA yesterday. Um, yeah. So he's, I know he's for having a fact, a whale he... of a time. So. My spies uh, have checked and he's not been in Dallas yet. <laughs> Keep winding him up. He's like, oh, just leave me off holiday. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just a quick update. Confidence is above average. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, but yes, if you with the group, we'll talk to you over the uh, over the weekend. Stay safe, guys. Have a great weekend and enjoy the game. See you next time. See you guys. <laughs>